Welcome to 4D. Deep dive into degenerative diseases. Gaining insights through casual and amusing clinical conversations. Welcome to 4D. Deep dive into degenerative diseases. A podcast brought to you by the Degenerative Diseases Special Interest Group of the ANPT. My name is Parm Paget. I'm Secretary of the DD Sick, and I'm here for this podcast with Katie McGraw, Chair of the DD Sick. We have a special plan for you tonight. We are highlighting the upcoming 2020 CSM programming in hopes of letting folks know what's going to be out there and what's exciting, and also to highlight some of the guests that we've had on our podcast to date. So like I said, I'm here with Katie, and uh, we're going to dive right in and and get this done. Hi, Parm. So I think to start, I will go day by day, and we have actually some recordings from a few of the speakers who will give us their own highlights, kind of a bit of a a movie trailer, kind of what to expect to drum up some excitement for their talks. So starting on Thursday at 8 a.m., we have Alicia Flack, who's giving a talk on clinical practice guidelines kind of managing the gray areas of neurological PT. Alicia was involved in the DD-SIG for many years on the nominating committee, and now she's on the nominating committee for AMPT. Let's hear the highlights directly from Alicia. Hi there, DD-SIG. My name is Alicia Flock. I am a physical therapist and faculty member at the University of South Carolina. I am so excited to be able to introduce to you a presentation that I will be involved with at CSM this year along with my co-presenters, Anna DeHoya, Heather Knight, Amy Perron, and Leslie Wolf, titled, No CPG, Managing the Gray Areas of Neurologic PT Practice. As part of the ANPT Practice Committee, we are so excited about the emergence of clinical practice guidelines guiding neurologic physical therapy practice. However, we recognize there are still many gray areas of neurologic PT care that don't have strong evidence. With our presentation, we're hoping to provide clinicians with ideas and tools of how to apply evidence despite lack of strong evidence or clinical practice guidelines. We hope to do this by briefly introducing the knowledge to action framework and then using case examples to illustrate how evidence has been applied in these scenarios. The first case will be an individual patient case The second case will be how clinicians have been supported to apply evidence across many clinical problems. And the third case will be how evidence was applied across an organizational structure. We hope you'll join us Thursday, February 13th at 8 a.m. for No CPG, Managing the Gray Areas of Neurologic PT Practice. Thank you. All right, so we just heard from Alicia should be an interesting and exciting talk. Definitely check it out. I think another thing that would be um, a couple highlights from the day is also at eight o'clock, um, there's a talk on treatment for Parkinson's, particular if you're a therapist that is treating patients with aquatic therapy, that could be something that might be interesting to check out. One of the things, Katie, too, that I noticed is on the website, when you click on the talk, it gives you a list at the bottom after the description of similar talks. And that's kind of an interesting place to go and to look for things that you might not have on your radar. So for example, for that talk in particular, if you click on it, 
and you go down, you see a talk called Clinical Community Connections, Effective Strategies for Improved Patient Outcomes. That's in the geriatric track of programming, but it's done by Tiffany Schubert, who is a ton of energy and is always fun to listen to. She's done a lot with Otago. And as people with degenerative diseases were starting to do more and more community programming, I think it could be interesting for folks to check that out. So when you click on some programming, definitely check out that similar section at the bottom. That's a great suggestion. And I think a new feature this year that is really going to help people find programming that might be relevant to their practice, kind of outside the specialty that they tend to go to talks in. Yeah. For us, I think something that kept popping up was a, in particular for Thursday at 11, there's a high intensity interval training talk. Um, it's particular to stroke rehab, but I think there's a big push even within degenerative diseases to get patients kind of pushed into higher intensities. Um, and so this might be a good way to get some exposure about, you know, how to, how to start incorporating some of those elements into your own practice. Yep. Agreed. And Darcy Reisman is one of the presenters in that talk and she is just super smart and knows a ton and is always a good source of some good information. So I think you're right. That'll be a great talk. And if you want to keep the energy going, after lunch at three o'clock, Terry Ellis is talking about rhythm and motor system. And she's always a pleasure to see up on the stage. Agreed. It's, it's always fun and a lot of energy. And as you know, we um, had Terry as our first guest on this podcast, and she was nice enough to record a little preview for us. So let's hear directly from Terry about that talk. Hello, my name is Terry Ellis, and I'm here to talk to you about an exciting session we have planned at CSM this year called Rhythm and the Motor System, New Opportunities for Gait Training. Mike Lewick is going to start us off by talking about the biomechanics of rhythmic walking. He's going to apply this to people post-stroke by talking about the influence of external rhythmic cues on the temporal patterns of walking. This will be followed by Brian Harris, who is a music therapist. He's going to talk about the neuroscience of rhythm and the basis for rhythmic auditory stimulus. Why is it that auditory rhythms are so powerful in influencing movement patterns? Then I will follow this by applying this to people with Parkinson's disease. We're going to get into what is the inherent movement problem really that underlies the gait problems we see in people with Parkinson's and how does rhythmic cueing influence this? What is going on in the brain? This will be followed by Abigail Spaulding, who will get into the nuts and bolts in terms of the application of rhythmic auditory stimulus. How do you apply this in everyday practice? And we're going to end with an exciting panel where we're going to get into future opportunities. We're going to be a little bit provocative, and we hope you'll join us in an exciting Q&A. Thank you. All right. So again, exciting to hear from Terry that day. But in addition, we also have Evan Cohen, who we've had on the um, podcast, who is knowledgeable and interesting and fun to listen to. And he will be talking about physical therapy for people with advanced multiple sclerosis. So if you tend to see more of that population, that could be a really great and interesting talk. So a kind of a jam-packed day to start. Um, and then moving right into Friday, there's still kind of continued excitement. First thing in the morning at 8 a.m., looking again at another topic in MS, gaze stability and postural control with Lee Dibble. So Lee was kind enough to send us a recording, and he has also been on our podcast. So let's listen from Lee to learn more about his talk. 
My name is Lee Dibble, and I'm a professor at the Department of Physical Therapy and Athletic Training at the University of Utah, along with my colleagues Jeff Herbert from the Rocky Mountain MS Center, Market Institute for Brain Health, and the School of Medicine at the University of Colorado, and Brian Lloyd, who is a postdoctoral fellow in, in our laboratory at the University of Utah. We are presenting a presentation at CSM entitled Gaze Stability and Postural Control Limitations in Multiple Sclerosis, Diagnosis, Treatment, and Future Directions. We're excited to do this presentation because we believe that people living with MS have some degree of what we'd consider central nervous system mediated vestibular deficits. To give you some background, people living with multiple sclerosis experience a wide variety of symptoms, including dizziness and imbalance. And these contribute to activity and participation limitations and an increased risk for their falls. While the etiology of their dizziness and impaired balance is certainly multifactorial, the contribution of vestibular ocular and vestibular spinal impairments to these uh, clinical manifestations is less well understood. And we've been struck by the fact that emergent research shows that vestibular-related dysfunction in people with MS is common. And therefore, we think that they may be able to respond to vestibular rehabilitation-focused uh, interventions. And by vestibular rehabilitation, I'm meaning uh, rehabilitation focused on gaze stability and postural control. Our justification for this be belief comes from research done by our laboratory and Jeff Herbert's laboratory at the University of Colorado that shows that people with multiple sclerosis respond to gaze and postural stability focused interventions uh, and it can improve their self-reported outcome measures as well as measures of performance. In this presentation, we hope to discuss the pathophysiology and neuroanatomic basis for vestibular function as it relates to MS. We would like to talk about the critical examination tools used in distinguishing central nervous system per, from peripheral nervous system vestibular related impairment and talk about some research-based recommendations for clinically managing vestibular-mediated gaze and postural stability limitations in people with MS. We hope that you uh, choose to come. We look forward to doing this presentation and look forward to seeing you at CSM. So yeah, certainly things to learn to consider uh, when you're treating this population and hopefully things you can bring right into the clinic. And then in addition, at that same time, is also a talk by Julie Hirschberg, who we had as a guest on the podcast, and she'll be talking about functional movement disorders, but always has a lot of enthusiasm and excitement, very smiley, um, good to sort of wake up to at 8 a.m. on a Friday morning. And presenting with Julie Hirschberg is Carly Lockala, who I used to work with at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, but left us to do residency at USC. So shout out to Carly. Should be fun to hear from her. And in addition, this talk has a lot of folks that are clinical, and I think it'll be applicable and, and some good information. So check it out. And then what I thought was interesting, um, so we had Ryan Duncan on our podcast recently, and he was talking about a study and research he's really interested in looking into for low back pain in Parkinson's. And in the orthopedic section, there's going to be a great talk from the group at Boston University that I actually have worked with in the past. And it's going to be, I think, a fabulous presentation on back pain, on treatment. And if it's something that you feel like you want more skills in for your patients with neurological conditions, 
I think it's worth dropping in or considering. So Katie, do you have the title for that talk so people know what to look for? Yeah, it's Applying the Evidence to Manage Patients with Low Back Pain Who Have Movement Coordination Impairments. And Diane Dalton is one of the speakers. Great. All right. Well, a good one to potentially check out. And then we, of course, have our posters, the DD-SIG posters from 1 to 3, right on Friday. And you may catch the DD-SIG leadership walking around. We are going to be selecting a poster in each category this year. It's a new research award through the ANPT. Um, and we'll be making that announcement later at CSM at the Myelin Melter. Exciting. Oh, that leads us right into the Myelin Melter. So mm-hmm. Friday night, Valentine's night, what better thing to do than to hit the Myelin Melter? <laughs> yep. Come get your free giveaways. We have some of our very cool and well-liked water bottles. Yeah, popular. We also have very yeah. popular. We and have we're some have stickers. Stickers for the DD SIG and hopefully candy hearts if we can find them in Denver. And then always, you know, if you get there early enough, you can get a drink ticket when you enter. So shoot for that Friday night. What time does that start? So the business meeting starts at 630. Mm -hmm. And then the melter starts um, at 715. Great. Okay. And, and closely followed by Another great event that you don't want to miss, which is the SIG breakfast on Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m. So don't party too hard at the Myelin Melter because we're going to be at the SIG breakfast and it's a free breakfast and free coffee to help wake you up. And we'll be there. We'll be chatting with people and really excited to hear from people and want to hear about sort of everything we do, but also about this podcast and any suggestions that people have so we can continue to improve and make it better. And then right after that, with kind of full bellies and caffeinated minds, at 8 a.m., there's a great talk by Kathy Gilbody um, looking at standardized task analysis for the movement systems diagnosis. And we recently had her on our podcast and had a chance to kind of talk to her actually about this idea of doing preview for CSM. And she was, was part of our inspiration to want to do this. And so yeah, that sort of launched the idea for this podcast was talking to Kathy and, you know, wanting to highlight some of our, our speakers that we've had that will be presenting at CSM and other things that we are excited about happening at CSM. So, so let's hear from Kathy. Um, this is just a little section of our conversation with her about the movement system diagnosis. Yeah, so we have a presentation scheduled for Saturday morning, 8 to 10. It's called Standardized Task Analysis for Movement System Diagnoses. And in that talk, we're going to be applying and presenting our recently finalized draft of the balanced diagnoses to help distinguish um, patients who have different types of balance problems from each other. So both of the subgroups that have been working on this have just recently finished their um, drafts with the task analysis group and the balanced diagnosis group. So this really will be the first time that we'll be able to like tell you the whole story and present it as it's being reported back to the board of directors. And we're going to have some case presentations and application. And our goal is to really kind of make it clear from those of us that have been working on this, how this influences decision making and how it might sharpen our thinking, um, how it might help us dig a little deeper, and then how it can link to decisions about treatment. So it would be really great to have people there asking us questions and giving us feedback on our work. 
So also at 8 a.m. are the degenerative disease platforms. And what these are, are um, longer formats. So about 15 minute presentation of presenters explaining their research. Right. And that's eight to 10, right? Yeah. So that whole session. Okay, cool. So every 15 minutes, it's a new topic. So it's a bit of a round table, but it covers a, a variety of topics. Yeah. And it's always good for those of us that want to hear something new every few minutes. It's fun to go to those. At 11, Darcy Reisman is going to be talking about motor learning and clinical application. The talk is specifically called What We've Learned About Learning. And she's fun to listen to. We'll, we'll plug her again. And I love motor learning. It's, I, I kind of like to geek out on motor learning. I think it's what we do. And it really is what we're doing when we're working with our patients. And it's really fun to hear about. So that should be interesting to check out. I'd also like to give a shout out. Kristen Leach is on this presentation as well. And she and I went to grad school together. So a bit of a shout out to our UIC alumni. So that gives folks, I hope, a little bit of an overview. We've heard from a few of the presenters. I think CSM is going to be fun and exciting. And like we've said, we're going to be there. Come find us. We would love to see everyone and meet everyone. And if you haven't signed up for the DDSIG, we will certainly tell you how you can join. So my name is Parm Paget, And I'm Katie McGraw. Come find us at CSM. We're psyched to meet you and to talk more about the podcast. Thank you to the folks who contributed to this podcast. Alicia Flack, Terry Ellis, Lee Dibble, and Kathy Gilbody. Going in the bloopers. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be bloopers to this one. Sarah says there's going to be bloopers. Well, if Jeff's not playing guitar or banging something in the background, I don't know what's going to be our blooper. I never heard it. I don't even know what she said. Do you mind if I sign off? No. Good to see you guys. Wait, is this Bye. Wait, don't, don't do it. Don't do it.